0: What is affordable luxury for you? What is happening?
1: What is going on? So did I overpay? Well, actually, no, you did not overpay. I know that if I'm paying over and above these figures, I'm gonna find myself in a very niche target market in three years, five years time, when I come to exit.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Straight Talk. Uh, In this episode, we're in the Istanbul office of Property Turkey with Cameron Diggin. And you cannot imagine how hard it is for me to make this guy sit on that damn chair. Because you have been very, very busy.
1: Well, it's Monday. Yeah.
0: And I have been literally begging you to do these shows. Because we have a strong audience and people want to hear your voice and get your opinions. And today we want to get your opinions on the exit strategy now let me briefly explain what exit strategy means here cameron diggan has this famous three step formula Step one is basically buy below market value. Step number two is the operating income, sort of like a rental income. Rental income. And step number three is exit strategy. These are Cameron's digging steps into making a successful real estate investment. So we
1: we're not we're not talking so much about buying a home here, because buying a home is an emotional matter really. You buy a home where you will you will be happy. And when you're buying a home you may not necessarily be focusing purely on investment. You're focusing on sort of the area, you're focusing on what makes you happy. We're looking at real estate investment yes. for the sake of investment. We're not looking at buying a home. Let's, and, uh, let's explain that, underline that.
0: Okay, and as always, we came in prepared, very prepared. Yeah, you, very you got prepared. some notes, you got some well, notes. I, well, I, well, and I, I think scribbled these a are few, your tips.
1: I scribbled a few pages. Okay. And um, I think it's gonna be a challenge for me to actually read my own handwriting. Okay. Because I, I actually scribbled these under duress okay. Aladin came and said right next to me, said we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna talk about I've got these things. Eight yeah. points to talk about. Eight points. Eight points. Okay. So can we say eight
0: things to look out for when investing into Turkish real estate? That's it. And we are going to categorize these under the exit strategy, which means exactly. that... The
1: third one of the three-point criteria for investment. When you sell. Exit How do you sell successfully you sell. and make exactly. money in collecting? So ba- basically, okay. you, purchase your pro- you, you purchase your investment or investments. And um, after a few years, let's mm-hmm. say, um, well, five-year period is is really what I would recommend for after five years, as you know, you don't pay capital gains tax in Turkey. So after five years, you're offloading your assets, you're you're selling your investments. So naturally, when you come to sell, you would be looking to maximize on your profits. Sure. So how do we go about doing this? And from our experience, what are the main factors to consider? Okay, just give us the let's cut to the chase. Just give yeah. us the number one. Well, firstly, um, as a foreign investor, you need to be thinking like a Turk and acting mm-hmm. like a Turk. Again, as I always say, over 90%, actually almost 95% of, of the market in Istanbul is Turkish, yeah. which means that you are highly likely to exit to, to sell to a Turkish buyer. Yeah. Generally, a Turkish home buyer. True. So, you need to be thinking along the lines of, what are the attributes of a home that a Turkish individual or a Turkish family would be looking out for? Mm -hmm. So, the first one that I would want to say is avoid busy highways. Busy highways. And the reason I underline this is because for some overseas investors, particularly People who kind of have experience investments in cities like Dubai, Mm -hmm. they may be under the impression that if the property is located within a complex that sits on a major highway, a major motorway, a major artery, that's a big plus sign. Well, in fact, in Turkey it's quite the opposite. A lot of people are put off by that. Number two, the home office concept. Home office. Now. Again, something I'd like to underline because the home office concept generally in Istanbul is sold um, as a big plus factor. Mm-hmm. A lot of developers kind of position their properties as home offices. There's a variation on the title deed. If I remember correctly, the title deed or a home office is categorized as a commercial title deed. Yeah. Not that that binds the buyer, for the buyer, it doesn't make too much of a difference. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that the home office concept hasn't really taken off in Istanbul.
0: Because that kind of makes the mockery of the whole home. Is it a home or is it an office? Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: Is it a yeah, is it a home or is it an yeah. office? I mean, for example, I'll give you a very, very good example. In Mididie our very first office in Istanbul, some years back, was in a rather high-quality complex called Astoria. Okay. Now, Astoria now suffers from this very point.
0: It has penthouses up top with a Bosphorus view and everything being sold for millions of dollars. Yet underneath, there are companies operating. Exactly. So which one is it? Exactly. Is that so, a is So that a home-, home
1: buyers tend to keep away from um, settings of that nature. They want to know that if they're buying a home, then all their neighbors will be there for the long haul. So they can say hi, bye, they can go and have a coffee with, they can get acquainted with. Yeah. The last thing people want is to be at the end of a corridor in a, in a, in a large complex where majority of the units act as offices yeah. with people going in and out all the time. Yeah. That kind of st- takes away from the exclusivity and from the homely nature of a home. Yeah. So again, avoid home offices. Terraces Um,
0: of which would be full of white collar smokers.
1: Absolutely. So again, again, generally speaking, avoid shopping centers where there are towers within. Yeah. Okay? Do not price yourself out of the market. Now that's very important. Okay. I'm not gonna name any projects. I'm not even going to name any areas here. But beware of the entry level that you're buying in. If it's a one-bedroom apartment, if it's a two-bedroom apartment, three-bedroom apartment, if it's a detached house, semi-detached house, doesn't matter. Buy at a point where after five years, when you add your profit on top to exit, you still are targeting a large buyer profile. You're within uh, the reach of people. You are within the reach of young Turkish buyer populations. If it's Again, for one-bedrooms. Exactly. For three bedrooms. Again again, again yeah. for young families. Mm-hmm. Because what's the average GDP per head in Turkey?
0: Well, it used to be twelve point five thousand dollars. It's around ten thousand
1: dollars, I should say.
0: Now it's a little less than that. And now now it's nine thousand dollars,
1: something like yeah, that. Yeah. So I mean you know, Turkey is not a poor country, yet Turkey is not a wealthy, wealthy country. That, yeah. So, which means that out of the 84, 85 million population that we have, majority of which are a young population, um, people are starting their lives. People are kind of, they have hopefully a good future earnings potential but they're not right now earning megabucks. Yeah. So, when you're buying a property, please do not price yourself out of the market when you're buying. Go for affordable luxury. What is affordable luxury? Very briefly, what is affordable luxury for you? If I'm buying a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. Okay, so the one-bedroom apartment has a specific target. Either a, a single person or a newly married couple, generally speaking. In the city center, which is the area I would always recommend Istanbul City Center is what I recommend for investment, yeah. not the outskirts. I would not go above $150,000 for a decent-sized one-bedroom mm-hmm. apartment. For a two-bedroom apartment, I wouldn't go above two fifty dollars $260,000. Mm-hmm. That's me, because as far as my projection into the future is concerned, I know that if I'm paying over and above these figures, I'm going to find gonna myself it? in a very niche target market in three years, five years' time when I come to exit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wouldn't want to say any more on this because, again, um, it's a bit of a subjective term, but uh, my projection shows that these are kind of the figures for central Istanbul, really, mm-hmm. to to make sure that you have a very strong exit strategy when you come to sell in, say, five years' time. Okay. Okay? And the next one, is an interesting one. Good project in a bad location. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. now, I'm gonna say something that might sound a little bit like, what is this guy on about? But rather than buying into a good project in a bad location, I would buy a bad project in a good location. Okay, you have to All explain right? that now. Okay. You have to All go right. into detail right. now. Location is everything when yeah. you buy real estate. Location is everything. So on the outskirts of Istanbul, places like Esenyut, Beylikdüzü, Başakşehir, there are some really decent projects Very nice. with comprehensive facilities, all singing, all dancing, thousands of units in one. You know, in isolation, you know, you might, you might review these projects and you might say to yourself, you know what, they have everything. I don't, want, I don't need to move out of my house. Yeah. Out of my property, everything I need is at my fingertips. However, these areas generally tend to have a glass ceiling, mm. which really isn't very high. Because the Turkish home buyer, the moment they can afford, especially if we're looking at one to two bedroom apartments, the moment they can afford, they will come to the center or they will come and buy in areas that are perceived to be more desirable rather than doing that go for an average project that may not even have all those facilities but it has the right location and of course right entry level a good lean price you will make much greater returns both for rental return Mm -hmm. and capital growth when you come to sell
0: me and my wife we were living in this uh, two-bedroom duplex apartment with three balconies which actually wasn't enough for us although we loved the place and then we went we went we went out on a house hunt for rent we went out to zakaryaka to be able to find garden houses houses with gardens there is one thing in istanbul that find, being able to find a garden in Istanbul is a very, very hard thing. And, it usually, comes very, and usually comes with a high price tag. And usually comes with yeah. a high price tag. And it is on demand, it's especially true. after coronavirus. Absolutely. People are Absolutely. crazily looking for Absolutely. garden floors, floors Absolutely. with gardens, even it's like a five meter squares of a garden, 10 meter squares Absolutely. of a garden. If there is glass and grass and soil there, people are gonna go there and people are willing to pay that extra premium. How do Absolutely. I know that? I know it from myself. Yeah. If I was to be able to find a garden floor in the development that I used to live, I was ready to pay that premium.
1: Yeah. Yeah. About six years ago, five, six years ago, a trend crept in Istanbul of these all glass high rise towers. And you're not going to believe this with no balconies and even windows that you couldn't possibly open all the way through. Sort of, so what do you do when you're smoking? You like you 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 just kind kind of stick your head out, yeah, and 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 and, and try and catch the (laughs) air. You pay all that money, and yet, unfortunately, unfortunately, some of these were sold with exceptional good marketing strategies, yeah, and people bought into them. Foreigners, not hardly any Turks did, yeah. Today, again, I'm not going to name any, but today you drive by those streets where those towers are located. They're completed. Some of them completed a few years ago. Mm-hmm. In the evenings, when you drive by them, there are just a few lights on. Yeah. Which tells you that no one lives in them. Even if you put your property on the market 20, 30% below the price you paid for it. Yeah. Unfortunately, A lot of investors got caught why because they applied certain strategies they thought they knew from overseas to Istanbul
0: places like Dubai exactly
1: you have to realize that when you're evaluating real estate dynamics particularly investment dynamics you have to evaluate it within the context of the culture and the demographics of the country and more specifically of the city that you're investing in yeah true so Istanbul is rather different to Middle East of course but at the same time Istanbul is rather different to say I don't know Paris London New York yeah because as we always say it is the crossroads yeah it is where East meets West not just geographically culturally too if you are buying into a large development in the right zone, in the right area, with the right attributes, you could very well be in the pocket in years to come. Yeah. So there is, in itself, there is really nothing wrong with larger developments provided they have given enough green allotments and they have, they have designed the development in a way that there are enough social areas, enough breathing space. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say they have them. But again, you have to look at the composition or the development. If the development is a joint venture and over 50% of developments in Istanbul are joint ventures, which means the landowner or the landowners, sometimes multiple landowners, and the developer are not the same. So what happens in these types of developments is... The developer generally has a contract with the landowner that the landowner cannot market their units until and unless the developer has sold out. Yes. So what happens is, say you pay $100,000 for a one-bedroom apartment, making a good return. So three years have passed. You've paid hundred. You want to sell it at $130,000, dollars You put your property on the market only to find that a comparable property is being offered to market at 90. Right next door. At 95, right next door. Then you'd be like... What is happening? What is going on? So, did I overpay? Well, actually, no. You did not overpay. They're undersold. But they are undersold because that unit belongs to the landowner.
0: And the landowner can basically sell it at whatever price. The landowner can sell
1: sell. it at any price he wants, unless contractually he's so securely tied down, and I'm yet to see a contract like that. Yeah. Okay. But the landowner who may have held that land for a few generations.
0: Yeah. And they now finally want to make the money, sell. 30, 40, 50 units at once underpriced so that they can grab the money and go to Hawaii and Caribbean. And and live the dream. So they are undercutting
1: you. So if you find yourself in a position where you have purchased into a large scale development with a joint venture with a landowner, you may have to wait a few more years longer, sometimes more than a few more years longer. Till the prices are even. Till the prices start stabilizing in the market. You're having made a few points, well, seven, eight of them. You might turn around and say to me, all right, you said don't buy this, you said don't buy that, you said don't do this, what should an investor buy? Now my job is to ask you
0: questions, okay? (laughs) The reason why I didn't ask you that question is because that's a topic for another video. Chuck. That's, see? Yeah. (laughs) Cameron Diggin. thank you very much for this lovely yet long episode. I think this was a quite long episode. Yeah, about 20 minutes. We'll we'll see about that. We'll see what the editor uh, decides to uh, bring the video down to. But anyway, uh, thank you very much for this amazing video. Very good information. And again, Thank you very much for watching. Please comment your questions down below. I personally read those questions. And also with this WhatsApp number, you can reach us. You can literally text us and that appears on my phone. So you can, you have this opportunity to be able to text Mr. Cameron Diggin directly with this WhatsApp number. Do not miss out. But don't text me
1: about spiders. No. There's somebody who keeps on texting me about? about spiders. You know, we got a blog on our website, <laughs> The Most yeah. Dangerous Animals in Turkey. Yeah. And we talk about spiders. This guy is texting me and saying to me, I've got the same spider. How much? What? I said, what do you mean? He goes, How much for it? I think he's joking or something. I don't know.
0: You, 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 you send me that.
1: My wife is going to divorce me soon anyway. No, she won't. No, I'm telling you. No, she you. won't. She understands <laughs> Midnight, the workload. <laughs> Midnight, jing jing,
0: Spider, how much? Imagine your wife sees that. He'll be like, Cameron,
1: who's this? Is this is some that- kind of a code? Yeah, are, you, are, you,
0: are, you, are you selling spiders now? Is this a new drug in the city? Yeah. Anyway, see you in the next one.